1: Bakers, fresh for everyone. One, two, three, four. Thanks for listening to this podcast produced by Diddy TV. Visit DiddyTV.com for more exclusive on-demand content or download the official Diddy TV app from your app store today. Welcome to Insights, everyone, where this hour you'll be treated to a one-on-one conversation between Amy Wright and veteran songstress Miko Marks. Marks recently released her first single off her next record, a track titled Feel Like Going Home, marking her first release since her 2021 standout offerings, her album, Our Country, and her EP, Race Records. Marks has also recently been inducted into CMT's Next Women of Country, Class of 2022, and made her Ryman Auditorium debut in Nashville, opening back-to-back nights for Tedeschi Trucks Band, complete with two standing ovations from the crowd. Wherever you're tuning in from right now, you don't have to stand up, but please do give a big warm-hearted welcome to Miko Marks. This is Insights from Diddy TV.
0: Miko. Hi. Hi, how are you? I'm doing well. How about you? Very good. You look great. Oh, thank you. Am I too close? No, <laughs> no. I think you, look, you picked a really nice background, and uh, it's beautiful. Are you uh, in California today? Yes, I am. I am happily in the sunshine right now. We, uh, we all wish we were in California. <laughs> the rest <laughs> of the country wants to live are. here. It is. It's a beautiful day here in Memphis. And uh, we, uh, it's the spring weather, so we're getting some uh, 70s and sunny, so we can't complain. It's more like California, but it's a nice. short-lived period. You know, in the middle of the summer here, it's piping hot. <laughs> so Yeah. Um, so thanks for joining us. Really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Honestly, I I appreciate it. And uh, so I thought we would go back a little bit and talk to you about growing up in Michigan and what that was like. And then we're going to get to all the fun things you've you're doing recently, and uh, about your musical career. But uh,
2: where did you grow up? I grew up in Flint, Michigan, um, which is in between like Detroit and Saginaw. Um, it's like the midway point between both of those places. And uh, I grew up there. Um, my mom was um, she retired from the automotive industry and um, it was just a working class town. And and that's why I spent my entire childhood. So was music a big part of your childhood? Absolutely. I, um, I grew up in a family that was just uh, rooted in the church. Uh, We we attended church almost every day and it was Church of God in Christ. So it was like Sunday service, Wednesday night youth group, Thursday night Bible study, Friday night choir practice. You know, it was just like every day was something involved in the church. And um, I was really fortunate to be involved in music because my entire family is musical in some way, shape or form. So it was just a natural progression for me to get into music. So Kojic is actually big
0: here in Memphis, and um, mm. I, I actually went to Church of Christ, which was different than Church of God in Christ, but we didn't have instruments in our church. We had to sing. But did Kojic have instrumentation in the church? Or
2: Yes, we had instrumentation, and it would go on and on and on and until your heart was content with music, so absolutely.
0: So when you were young, did you, did you sing in the, was there a choir? Were
2: you singing solos? What were you doing? I sang in the choir um, from a very young age. I was singing, I would say maybe three years old, four years old, my mom would put me in front of our family and be like, listen to Miko sing, Miko sing this song. And a lot of times I just wanted to play with my dolls at that point. Um, but my mom would be like, here's a piece of candy or, or, or I'll, I'll take you for some ice cream if you sing this song. And so I've managed to figure out, hey, I could kind of get Get some things if I sing <laughs> safe for her, which was really, really eye opening at that young age. And so I just been in the choir, and um, music has just been at the forefront of my life because at a very young age, people were like, "Wow, she has a voice! Oh, she can really sing!" And I didn't really know what that meant. I was just doing something that was natural for me, but choir, you name it, um, magical groups, a cappella groups. I was a part of all those things growing up.
0: How about in school? Was there a music program at your elementary or high school?
2: Yes, there was a music program at my high school. um, And the teacher, I will never forget, his name was Mr. Petrie. And he, at the age of 15, I sang at Carnegie Hall because of him and the effort he put into our choir and the discipline he gave us and next thing i know i'm on a plane to new york at 15 because this man took an interest in me and in my vocal ability and honed it and um so i will never forget the impact that he had on my life i got my first airplane ride because of music with mr petrie and so um, i was a member of a group called the Madrigals. And it was like a little small choir ensemble. And we would sing a cappella sometimes to music and standard traditionals, some classical. And so my world didn't, I didn't have classical in my world so much um, other than my mom listening here and there and her style of singing. But he really introduced me to a whole new world of music and showed me that the voice is not limited to gospel, it's not limited to jazz or blues, or it's it's really whatever you wanna do, you know? And so I started to really dibble and dabble into different, different styles of music because of him. That's
0: a really important lesson to learn because you've got this gift as a voice, but maybe you still need to find your voice and, and where your path's gonna take you and being introduced to so many different genres and understanding that, your voice is an instrument. You can use it to play, to sing whatever you wanna sing, really,
2: whatever your passion is. Absolutely, and I believe you me, I've sang everything. I've tried everything under the sun because I think that music is kind of like limitless and you can find beauty in all different styles, types and whatnot. I just so happen to be drawn to country music at a young age because of the storytelling what kid doesn't want to hear a story you know and so i was just really um really my heart was just tugged on by the stories and instrumentation and the fiddle and the banjo and the violin and um the organ and but mainly the storytelling by patsy klein by loretta lynn because their their stories were big when i was growing up we're not going to say when that was, <laughs> they, they they had an impact on my life and um, I'll never forget. And I think that's um, one of the reasons, not the only one, but one of the reasons why I got involved in country music. Did your parents listen to country music? My grandma did. My mom listened to everything. She, my mom was kind of like um. She was a music virtuoso, she just, whatever she liked, she would listen to it no matter whether it's gospel, classical, jazz, R&B, you name it. But what's interesting is I recently learned that my family migrated north from Cleveland, Tennessee. I didn't know that my great grandparents were from Cleveland, Tennessee. I just found that out recently. And so when they came up from the South, they brought all the traditions, all the music, all their um, heritage with them. And I have to know and believe that blues and country music were a part of that heritage because my grandma was big into country music. She was big into blues, but there was not a day. Um, I don't remember sitting. I remember sitting at her house in front of the TV watching he on all the time. It was like a mainstay in her home along with the music. And I stayed with my grandma for a great deal of my childhood. It's funny that you mentioned *Hee Hall because my family
0: watched *Hee Hall growing up, and and for those of us that were around when we mostly had four four networks, in our mm-hmm. when we were kids, we were all watching similar shows. And yes, now, now stop the- dating us, Amy. Stop dating us. <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably older than you are, so, um, but. Um, Cleveland, Cleveland, Tennessee. Did that make you feel a little more connected to country music? To find out that your great grandparents were from there, and maybe it answered some questions for you, or?
2: Well, it's, it's not surprising mm-hmm. because um, some of my family is from Mich- uh, Mississippi as well. But to learn that my um, grandma—that's where she was born and raised up until her um, early tween years—that um, was. I wasn't surprised, but it all makes sense to me because there's something about country music for me that is just in my in my blood. You know, it's in in me in a way that I can't really explain. Um, it just comes out in the way that I deliver my music. But I also have all kinds of genres inside my music. But just to just to know that that was kind of like, hmm, makes sense to me. So you were
0: down the street basically from Detroit. Detroit has this uh, amazing musical history as well, and all the soul music, but also rock music comes from there um, as well. So were was that an influence on you growing up as well, just being
2: that close to Detroit and all the music that came from there? Absolutely, you could not get away from it. I mean, it was just like Smokey Robinson was touching me constantly. Stevie Wonder was touching me constantly, you know, the Supremes and, you know, so, this was um this was something that I felt very proud of to be associated and be so close to um this legacy of music, you know, so absolutely, um, but it's all in me. Everything that um I was exposed to is in my in my music in some way, shape, or form. Even even R and B in soul, you can hear it, the undertones, you can hear just a medley of sounds, which I think that music sometimes is missing because people want to just say, oh, you do this kind of music, you do rock, you do pop, you do, you know, soul um, or country. No, what happens when we take all those elements um, that are naturally a part of me and put them out into the world in this nice little gumbo? What happens then? we get elevated, the music gets elevated, and our ears get elevated to a higher vibration because of the blending.
0: You know, I like the term gumbo for that. In the, in the Mid-South, we call it here, we call it the melting pot of music, and, and the, there's a big pot of stew here that we melt the, the gospel and the blues and the rock and the, and the country all together, and you see what comes out of that, and it, all sorts of things come out of that, that mix. And as an artist, it's, it's nice to free yourself up just to be
2: an artist, right? And- Absolutely. I feel more free now. Um, when I started um, pursuing a music career back in the early 2000s, um, I was trying so hard to fit into this box, this mold that people were telling me I needed to fit into in order to pursue a career in country music um but now that i'm a little older and i'm a little wiser it's not so it's not so much the genre that i want to pursue i just want to pursue music that touches people and kind of take the limits off myself as to how i can do that so you you
0: leave high school you went to college in louisiana right to grambling yes. grambling state and
2: did you study music there I did study music there. Um, I had a scholarship to uh, the music program, and that was eye-opening in and of itself. Like, I thought I can sing, but you go to college and you specialize in music, and these people come from around the country, oh, they can sing. And so the whole experience um, allowed me to learn and grow as a singer, as a writer, and just elevate because the people that I was around we're not average, <laughs> so I, I had to like raise my game, and so I'm very grateful for that experience as well. Um, I got a chance to be a part of the theater there and um, just really pursue my arts along with political science just in case it didn't <laughs> work, out. <laughs> work out. I got that uh, degree for that and um. But music has always been my first love. And while I was at Grambling, I was able to listen to a lot of the country back road stations that played like that old blues in that 1930s, 1920s country hillbilly music. And, you know, Zydeco, root, like, Zydeco <laughs> a little bit of Zydeco in my later years, because I was able to go to New Orleans and get a taste of that. But just I got a, a deeper understanding and love of country once I got to Grambling. And I actually wrote my first country song there. So, now, Were you
0: playing guitar at that, that point?
2: I was noodling. I wasn't mm-hmm. really playing. Um, I was doing some t- self-teaching um, and just trying to find out what, um, what instrument I wanted to play. Because I'd taken violin, didn't like it. I'd taken piano, didn't like it. Then I picked up the guitar and I was like, hmm, this can go with me wherever I want to go. And it's, you know, I can, I like the sound that it let out for me. And I felt a freedom when I played it. I felt um, like it was something that I could, I could really learn and adapt into my style of how I do
0: things. So after college, where did you, where did you go? Did you go straight to Nashville or you?
2: No, I went. Straight to California, I met this man who uh, who's the love of my life, um, husband of uh, 27 years. I met him. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I met him outside the library at Grambling. And I should have known when he was outside the library that he was a good guy. So um, he was from California, and that's how I got here to the Bay Area. And um, he just swept me off my feet, and I was like, Take me where, where you're going. I want to go <laughs> with you. <laughs> So we came out here and um, we started our lives and I was working as a legal secretary in San Francisco and he came to me one day and he was like, "Uh, we need to make a demo and you need to quit your job. I think you need to be pursuing music as a career. I think it's being lost with you working this nine to five. So I want you to quit and let's do a demo. And that's what we did. How supportive he was. Yeah. And still to this day, he is like the rock and he just keeps me going. Even when I want to give up, he's like, no, this is, this is where you belong. This is what, this is for you. And now it's what you choose to do with it. And he's very motivating. And so we made a demo at fantasy studios out here in Berkeley, which is a famed studio, Credence Clearwater um, recorded there among many others. And I just, Took $6,000, went to that studio back in the day and made three songs. And somebody heard it and um, sent it to Nashville. And that's how the whole Nashville thing got rolling with Ron Cornelius, one of the legendary producers down there. Um, he heard it and he wanted to work with me. So did y'all move there for, for a stretch? We moved there for a stretch just for the recording of the album. I never moved totally to Nashville. I've always been in California, but I'd go back for country music festivals, um, go back for um, gigs and things like that. And I had a publicist out there at the time. And um, a lot of my business dealings were there because of Rod Carter and Ron Cornelius. And um, but I was constantly bopping back and forth. And so in 2005, you released your first
0: album, Freeway Bound, right? Yes. And what was that experience like to finally come out of the gate as a musical artist? And you've got your husband backing you. And what was the reception? What was your experience like? Um, it
2: was surreal. You know, it was kind of like a dream world. Like, is this really happening? You know, I wrote seven of the ten songs on that um, on that CD. So it was kind of like my autobiography being put out into the world so it's a bit daunting and scary but also exciting and fun and um that was when I went to Nashville for the first time and um I got the chance to be down on Broadway and in the studios with some of the great session players like Brent Mason and just some of the great guys that just you know they may have heard the song once or twice but there's such a skilled um way of doing things in Nashville that it was just like psh, psh, done and it was just great, you know the artistry and the musicianship down there is unparalleled now were you
0: aware at that time of the sort of lack of diversity in country music um, did did that even occur to you, or you weren't even thinking about that at the time
2: well it it was it wasn't uh, um, it was something that I had thought about, but I didn't focus on it mm-hmm. because I was just like, oh well, ideology idealistically I was like, oh well, maybe maybe they've just been waiting on me. <laughs> you know? so that's my thinking. I'm if like, they weren't, oh. they should have been. <laughs> I'm like, they're just waiting on me to come. And once they hear this music and hear the songs, they're going to just fall in love and we're going to ride off into the sunset. You know, I was really young back then, so that was my idea.
0: So what happened, though? You 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 released the album. Did you find um, any barriers there in the beginning?
2: Well, I didn't. I didn't know... Um, I was just really uh, ignorant to the barriers at first I was just I just didn't know and so I ran up a couple um, I ran into a few labels big labels uh, that I won't name but I met with them they heard the music and they were like oh the music's great you sound great Um, but one in particular told me I just wouldn't sell. And he didn't say why. I was wondering I was going to say did he say why because that seems like a
0: very me. blanket comment it was to make. It's a very
2: me. blanket com- comment and at the time we were at a conference table and I got up from that table and I was like well thank you for the meeting and I was ready to walk out and my manager put me pulled my wrist down and asked me to sit back down and he and then so he did this dance this song and dance about He didn't really say why it wouldn't work. He was just like, well, Nashville's a different kind of town. And unless you live here, and it was just all this roundabout talking. But when I left, I left with the, um, with the true belief that it was because of as a black woman, I wouldn't make it. That's terrible. And and it hurt. It hurt deeply. And, um, it kinda threw me off my game a little bit for a while as far as what I what I saw my future um, in country music looking like, you know. Did you think that
0: you had to be a certain way, act a certain way to to fit into that model that they had out there for a country music artist
2: uh, Absolutely. at that point? I didn't I didn't believe that so much as I was told that. Mm-hmm. you know by um people that were helping me so to speak and then so i had the cowgirl hat i had the long hair had the boots and you know uh the jeans and um you know uh the the whole thing of what they had at the time what was what was um what country music looked like at the time and so um I was still young and still trying to find my way. So I was kind of open uh, to, to being molded and created on a certain level. Sure. And so um, I didn't see anything wrong with it at the time. I just didn't. I was like, oh, this is what happens. This is what is done. And this is how you do it. Well, and there's to some degree
0: there there is artist development and there's stylists and there's people that are trying to tell you as an artist – this is the way to do it. But, um but it sounds like it was more than that at the time that it was an ideal yes, that you needed absolutely. to fit
2: into. Absolutely. And um after I recorded um It Feels Good, which was my sophomore album in Nashville, I kind of gave up on recording because I would go to country music festival every year and I'd be inside the convention center. My crowd was growing and mm-hmm everything was looking bright, you know, as far as the fans were concerned, people loved the music. And so, um, but one year they changed the rules for um, attending at the Country Music Fest, and I didn't meet those requirements anymore. And so I was unable to attend. So after that happened, I kind of just went into my own world of performing out in the Bay Area, touring with the Bill Pickett Rodeo across the country. And, you know, I kind of just went into non-recording mode and just performing mode. So what did you take away from that
0: period where you were mostly performing and not recording? Uh,
2: I started to question um, whether I was on the right path. I started to just think, well, maybe, maybe country music is not ready for me and maybe i'm not ready for it you know just kind of kind of was disenchanted with the the dream that i had conjured up in my mind and and made so big and real for myself it's amazing how one's
0: dreams can be crushed by certain events and and but what what i love about your story is that that isn't the case you kept no. at it and uh, and then you you put out a new album in 2021 called Our Country on Red Tone Records.
2: And I hear it came to you in a dream. Tell me about that. Yes. Well, I work with these two guys, um, Justin Phipps and Steve Wyerman, back in 2010, around that era, when I was doing my um, Freeway Bound and It Feels Good and doing my music, but not recording and they were great musicians but steve he went off to work with people like jay-z and logic and all these great people leon leon um bridges and people like that and then justin went into the um, nonprofit sector and was doing a lot of work with children and learning music and teaching keeping music in the inner cities and just doing a lot of work for the community but they were awesome musicians like awesome. And so I was just getting an itch to play with them again because they were so great and so I had this dream about playing music, not even recording, but just us jamming. We were like at a bar and we were like I was and then I woke up and we I I was supposed to contact them. So I did. I contacted Justin and I said, "We need to make some music, you know, it's been too long, you know." And then Justin said, "Well, I started my own label called Red Tone, and I have a song called Goodnight America that I haven't been able to find the right singer for. He said, I, I could send it to you. He sent that song, Amy, and I just wept from the emotional impact of the lyrics. And it just really, it just really touched me in a way I hadn't been touched by music in a long time. And uh, so I reached back out to him, and I was like, I want to do this song. And that's what happened, and that's how it started, song by song. So do you think at, at that time
0: uh, you felt like you had a story to tell? There was something inside of you that needed to be told?
2: Absolutely. I didn't know I was scared at first because Goodnight America is such a, a, such a truth. That maybe a lot of people don't want to hear politically, socially. It's just a a lullaby to America's past. And to put that in song, I had never done any music like that. But fast forward to a more mature, a more wise, um, a a seasoned Miko, it was like, I have to do this song. Like, um, it told me that. Whatever music I put out from this point forward needs to have meaning, needs to have substance and be about something that's important to me that I want to leave in this world. And so Do you think do you think it's scary to put something out there that's political? I think sometimes when you're young, like when I was young, I don't think I could have did this song because I would have been um I would have been shy of the ramifications. I would have been like, you know, just I was just in a different world. I wanted happy-go-lucky love songs all the time. That's what I wanted back in the day. But today, I think um, it's not scary for me now because it's so much more important than it is any fear that I might be harboring on any level. Like, the importance outweighs everything. So, not scary one bit anymore. It's maybe more
0: about who you are as a person and as an artist. Absolutely. So, what did... uh what did they bring? What did Steve Wireman and Justin Phillips bring to the album?
2: Everything, <laughs> <laughs> everything in the kitchen sink. Um, they're both multi-instrumentalist um, song, great songwriters. We all write together and um, just brought a vision of hope, freedom, um, roots, music, music, um, they're um, big lovers of the Muscle Shoals era. You know, Leon Russell and, you know, Towns Van Zant. They um, harken they back to those days and those musicians and, and um, really work to preserve that sound. And so they brought a lot of history and a lot of teaching to me about what I'm capable of and taking my voice places that I didn't necessarily think it could go. You know, I'm growing even at this age. I'm growing vocally and it's amazing me.
0: Do you think musically this, this new album was, was musically different
2: than what you've done in the past as well? Absolutely. It has a lot more grit. It has a lot more um, just raw ruggedness about it. Um, Everything's not thought out to the T or micromanaged to be perfect. It's like, you would go into the hole in the wall juke joint and hear this song just as it is on the record. You know, it's very, very honest, very true, and very um, speaks to the times. It just speaks to the moments that we are in right now as a country and as a world of people. So how do you feel like your experiences um, in the music
0: business music world and in general, just, uh, in life have
2: kind of made you who you are as an artist? I think, um, being so rigid back in the day and being so, um, trying to fit into a box, it's caused me to get, want to jump out of the box and make, um, make a way to where I have no boundaries, have limitless. I'm, I'm just free to be the artist that, um, I want to be whatever that looks like on any given day or any given style time, time time-wise. Do you think that the country music world is is changing in recent years? I do think it's changing. Um, It's got a long way to go, Um, but I do think that there are small little inroads being made, but they're so faint, you know, Um, but I'm very, very hopeful because I see so many more people of color doing music and being embraced by the country music industry on a certain level, but there needs to be way more work done on a systemic level, as far as like the um, front office, the production teams, the touring, the, not just the artists themselves, but all behind the scenes, there needs to be um, an upheaval, like the dirt needs to be turned over and renewed uh, and inclusive and more inclusive. I see spots of it, and I think it'll get better, but uh, it's got a long way to go.
0: How do you think projects like uh, Songs of Our Native Daughters with, you know, Amethyst Kia, Allison Russell, Layla McCall, and Rhiannon Giddens, have they helped pave the way a
2: little bit? More than just a little bit. They are really keeping alive um, our connection to the roots of country music, to the roots of blues and gospel. The history is being Um, preserved by them by doing um, by creating that um, group of women and really shining a light on this isn't new this is old and it's been here it's one of the founding bricks of the building and I love love all those women and I think they are doing more than their share of keeping things alive and preserving the history that um, really is at the foundation of country music. And I know there's a, a small but growing group of,
0: uh, called the Black Opry. Yes. And it's, uh, it's African-Americans and other uh, folks of diversity that are very interested in, in country music and a career in country music. And like you said, um, nothing happens overnight, but it seems like there's, um,
2: you know, there's a wave there's to make change. There's definitely a wave. Thank God for... Um social media and the ability these days to really have a platform for yourself and and kind of connect with fans in a way that we didn't used to have you know (laughs) pre-internet so that's been helpful and i'm so happy to see um groups like the black opry and um you know artists like Reese Palmer, who's working for CMT and, um, you know, Mickey Guyton and Brittany Spencer and Raina Roberts, all these tier, there's so many to name, you know, like there, when I started out, there weren't that many to name. And so it's kind of, um, Warms my soul to see and watch these young people come up and see so many and see the unity among us all as well, because it takes a village. It's not like one person is going to do the job. No, it takes a village. And I, I feel like there's a village out there right now of people of color and country music and more in Americana that are doing the work and that are um, really saying I'm here.
0: Well, and to your point, it seems like it doesn't need to be um, taking what was already there with an, a plug-in. It needs to be an entirely new concept with everyone integrated with a whole new movement. And Absolutely. so maybe you need to mix, mix things up a little bit to come up with something new. But um, I often see that it's hard to plug in something into a machine that's already there. It's better just to blow up the whole thing and start over. Exactly. (laughs) Evolve. Evolve. something new. Absolutely. Um, So I understand you're currently writing and recording
2: uh, a new album that's going to come out in the fall. Tell me about that. New album coming out in the fall. Um, We just released our first single off the album, which is called Feel Like Going Home. And uh, it came out on March 26th. And it's doing really well. Um, Very excited about this entire project. Because it's a little, it's um, it's a continuation of our country, but it's also more introspective um, of me in my life, and and so it's not so much social justice, but more personal growth and um, a little more intimate uh, project. So I'm really looking forward to getting that out into the people's hands. And when you do, will you be touring? Absolutely. I'll be touring this year. I have so many dates right now. I can't even, (laughs) I can't (laughs) even really keep up, but I can tell you that one will probably won't be topped for ages is my performance at the Ryman with Tedeschi trucks band that I just had in February. That will never, I mean, everything else is gravy because I, I did the Ryman and I'm really, really still soaring off of that, but I'll be touring all summer. I'll be um, touring later this year um, with some acts that I can't announce yet, but they they are great and um, I'm really excited. I have a full year ahead of me.
0: And you were also inducted into CMT's Next Woman of Country class of 2022. How did that feel?
2: Did everything come full circle here? I was, uh, you know, I'm still, um, I'm still, uh, surprised and honored by that um being a part of that because it's just it's just a wonderful honor you know and they do so much at cmt to help artists like myself and i'm just really really fortunate to have like this um wide lens on my small you know on my you know focused in on my my small journey here in music and so um it's it's really exciting. I cannot wait um, to see what happens with being a part of CMA CMT's um, Next Women in Country and equal access play and all the things that I'm still learning about um, that come along with that. I'm just excited to meet more of the women who are part of the class. I'm getting to do that really soon and I'm excited to be at the uh, CMT awards that are coming up. i It's going to be great. I mean, I'm just like the sky's the limit right now.
0: Well, I think you're a star already and uh, you're finally getting all the recognition that you're due. And uh, hopefully you can get to Memphis at some point. We'd love to see you down here as well. And uh, um, just wish you the best of luck
2: with the new album and your tour and your life and all that goes with it. Thank you so much, Amy. I'm going to get off of here because you're going to make me cry. So (laughs) thank you very much. Thank you for having me.
1: All right, folks, that's a wrap for this edition of Insights. Miko Marks is a name that everyone should know, especially fans of soulful country and Americana music. We invite you to learn more about Marks by visiting her website at MikoMarks.com, where you can also find links to her socials and her tour dates. Give her a follow or like, and get out to one of her shows the next chance you get. From all of us at Diddy TV, thanks again for tuning in today, and we hope to see you again soon, right here on Insights.
3: It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football.